Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Amen, amen, amen. Don't be afraid to pray for what you want. The Bible simply tells us that, that you know, God is faithful. He hears our prayers. I have been on my deathbed more than one time. I have had, you know, all the doctors that were attending me to tell me I was dead twice. You know, I've even called my children and told them goodbye, you know, laying on a on a hospital bed with hooked up to everything and and the doctors tell me that in the next you know we don't expect you to even have a few minutes we believe you're going to die now do what you need to do I've called my children and told them goodbye and yet had prayers lifted up for me and seen God do miracles in a moment and yet I have prayed those same faith-filled prayers for so many and watched them move on to their eternal reward. It is in the hands of God. When I was a young pastor full of faith and vigor and, you know, and all of the, all of the energy, I just, I would feel, you know, so personally responsible and I would feel so guilty and the devil would try to put me in a hole of shame when something happened that I could not explain or that did not fit my faith because I had faith when I prayed for people. I believed God and people that were right with him and people that loved him and people that it made no sense what happened to them. And I prayed in faith and it was the devil that was trying to condemn. It was the devil that was trying to shame. It was the devil trying to get me to stop praying faith-filled prayers for people out of some embarrassment. And I realized when that happened, I realized that every person that Jesus ever prayed for died of something. That little woman in Mark, the fifth chapter, that had, you know, that, that long-standing problem, and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, and he healed her. It healed her. Her faith made her. Yet, later on, do you think she didn't have faith for the next thing? You didn't have hope for the next thing? You know, let me tell you, God has a plan. And for God, who lives off of our timeline, we are on this timeline, but God lives off of the timeline. You know, God exists outside of time. We calculate life by minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years. We calculate time by age, and God is ageless. And one day, time will be no more. He lives off of this timeline that we are living on and he sees the end from the beginning and he calculates all things to work toward his favor and will and for the best of his will but he 
absent from our timeline does not experience what we are experiencing except Jesus came and spent 33 years, 33 and a half years on our timeline with us, understanding our infirmities, and yet from a heavenly perspective still makes decisions that are beyond our comprehension. We live on a page. God lives off the page. And we cannot understand life off the page. We cannot understand what the Apostle Paul could not even describe, caught up into the third heaven and saw things he could not even begin to explain and describe. There's more to this than we know, but what we do know is so powerful. What we know is that God is a good God, a loving God, a caring God, that, that God is timeless and ageless, and for him all of this no doubt is happening at one moment. And, and I'm, I'm spending my life as a vapor. If, if we boiled all of history down into one day, I won't even be alive hardly, you know, two minutes You know, and, and for God, I won't even be alive that long on his age list, on his time list. It's amazing. But we have a work to do. We have a job to do. That's why Jesus came, is to help us understand our opportunities. Help us to understand that while we are on this timeline, while we're on this page, we're here to make things better, not worse. So boldly pray for everything that you want from God. Don't shy back from asking God, and don't be afraid to ask him out loud in front of other people to do things that other people cannot imagine. That, I mean, let them feel embarrassed. Let that be their test, that, that they're embarrassed that you would say that out loud. And then watch what God will do. Here I am standing here. When I told those doctors, God spoke to me. You know, it was, I don't know what time it was, two or three o'clock in the morning. Give me my clothes, I'm going home. I'm okay. They said, you don't understand. I said, no, you don't understand. God spoke to me. Do you know that put me in a category of having seen UFOs or being caught up into, <laughs> into a, an alien spacecraft or something? That put me into a category of people that's crazy. Not only do they want to keep you longer for observation, but they want to observe your thought patterns once you start telling them that you're hearing voices and that you, that, that you know something that, that can't be explained. You know, but I tell you, trust in the Lord. Make sure it's the Lord, but trust in him and be bold enough. You know, like Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. The New Living Translation, four steps. Number one, don't worry about anything. Number two, pray about everything. Number three, tell God what you want. And number four, thank him for everything he does. So... Jana, we want God to heal you. That's what I want, okay? And I want you to be at peace, and I want you and God to work out whatever you want, but I told him what I wanted, okay? And I know everyone else, you know, um, wants that as well. May God bless you and heal you and strengthen you, okay?
in Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. Okay. Well, hey, we've had church, huh? Yeah, that's some good stuff. Listen, hold on to this stuff. Be bold. Be bold in your prayers. Just go ahead. Let me tell you one more testimony. It was about the year 1985 or 86. I don't remember. Jeff may remember. He was around in that time. And I was pastoring a church in Ruston, Louisiana. And a young man and a young lady came to our church. And when I was preaching, the, the building was, was, was uh, you know, uh, could fit in this building right in here. And, and, and they were sitting right over here. And they were, you know, uh, you know uh, college age, you know. And they, uh, it, it, it was a Sunday night. And they came and sat down over there. And, you know, I noticed them, but I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. You know, we, we have a college-age kind of church. It was the majority of the people. And whatever I was preaching just, just kept being drawn over there to this young, young man and young lady. And, and, and all of a sudden, I saw this dark cloud over the top of them. So I just stopped preaching. I said, excuse me, I don't know who you are, but there's a dark cloud over the top of you. And, you know, and uh, God wants you to know that he's real. And then and, and, and I started prophesying to him and whatever I said. Anyway, well, it turns out that she was a witch and he was a warlock. And they had come to basically test the power of God to see if there was anything in this stuff going on, you know, in church. And so, you know, I mean, I, I, I didn't know. I'd never seen him before. And anyway, uh, they ended up getting born again. And it just shocked the living daylights out of them. And, and they repented of their sins and got away from the witchcraft stuff. And, and uh, when, when, when they, uh, you know, I, I prophesied to them there. And I told her, I said, um, you, one day you will be dancing up in front in the front of this church, back and forth in the front of this church. Now, I didn't know that she was a witch. And I didn't know, I mean, but I meant dancing for the Lord. In fact, I think I said dancing for the Lord in front of this church. Well, strangest thing you know I mean I didn't know what I was saying I have that experience quite a lot by the way that I find myself talking and and uh, you know all of a sudden you say a little bit more than you thought you were going to say and you go oh my goodness what's happening with that but at any rate you know it was a word of prophecy and so you know they she got born again he got born again they changed their life they started coming to church got got in, involved in our church and maybe uh i don't know how long it was but i'll i'll just say six months i'm 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 making up six months because i don't know exactly how long it was it was a matter of months and um and and i think it was 1986 might have been 85 i think it was 86. Um, and uh, i got a phone call one day and she had had a wreck and the wreck was a bad wreck. It had, it had uh, broken the dash of her car, of the pickup truck she was driving. And her head had hit the dash. And at that same time, it had kind of closed back in. And, uh, and she had been taken to the hospital in Monroe, Louisiana. And, um, and, and uh, they didn't expect her to live. And there was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was really bad. And so I, I immediately uh, you know, went there and... And, uh, you know, uh, call people to start praying. This was before, uh, you know, too many cell phones. There weren't really cell phones back then too much. I think I had one about this big. And, uh, and call people to pray. And uh, um, our college and career was a big part of our church, and they were praying. They knew her. And so got down to the hospital, and uh, after maybe, oh, 12 hours or so, uh, she was in ICU, had just 
um, it was just real bad. Uh, I went the next day and looked at the pickup because what they described was that it had, it had lacerated her brain. I don't know how to explain this, but there on the dash of that pickup, it, it definitely had some stains on there and I was just mortified. I went back and met with the husband because they told him that they needed to unplug her. They were keeping her on life support that the test showed no brain activity. And so uh, I don't know how to tell you this exact, but exactly how it happened. And, and so I rode down with him in the elevator. And as we were riding down the elevator, I have no idea what I said, but when we got to the bottom of the elevator and started off and I was going to be getting in my vehicle, I was gonna be driving about 30 miles and going to be going to church. And it was like a Wednesday night, and I had to go there. And he said, you know, you're right, Pastor. I thought, what in the world did I say? He said, you're right. I'm going to, I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to let him, let, let him uh, you know, uh, unplug, take her off life support yet. I'm, I'm not going to do this. You're right, Pastor. You've given me great confidence. And I'm down at the bottom of the elevator thinking, oh, my goodness. I don't even know if I literally said anything or not. I don't know what it was. It, uh, uh, but I walked out of there a little confused. So I got to the church, and people got to the church that night. And I said, hey, listen, her name is Billy. I said, listen, well, first of all, when I got out to the car, Brenda was out there waiting. And she said, how, how is she? I said, well, honey, I've, you know, I, I have seen a few dead people. And when I laid my hands on her and I see you and prayed for her, she's dead. She's not there. Just not there. It was just a dead body is what it felt like. And I told Brenda, I got, you know, back to the church. I got up in front of the church and I was all sad. I was wondering how in the world am I going to tell these people? You know, I was, you know, all these people love her. And I've taught them faith and I've taught them to believe God and trust God. You, don't, you, don't, you, you know what I mean? Anybody ever have an imagination like that? That's where I was in that moment. And I kind of bowed my head and, and everybody was waiting on me to say something. It was, you know, time for me to preach. And I said, we need to pray for Billy. As I had my head bowed, Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, I've given you no place to give up. Life and death is up to me. I've given you no place to give up. And man, my mind went through all the kinds of scriptures. I was looking for a scripture to give up on. You ever look for a scripture to give up on? I don't know if mean, you have or not, but I've looked for a lot of scriptures to give up on. I've looked for a way out a lot of times. I don't know why, but I've kind of just kind of, you know, where, you know, uh, give God an excuse. You know, uh, somewhere here I got to give faith an excuse. I, I'm, I don't know how to tell you except exactly what I was thinking as a young pre preacher, young whippersnapper. And when God spoke to me and said, I've given you no place to give up, you know, uh, you, 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 you pray. And I thought, okay, I'll just pray and I'll just, and so I, I said, okay, everybody. God has given us no place in his word to give up. We're going to pray for Billy's healing. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I can pray. I can't muster any faith, but I can pray. I can't stir up any faith, but I can pray. I can't fake faith, but I can pray. And so we got together and we prayed for God to heal Billy and to do a miracle. And while I was praying... 
My mouth overloaded me again. I said, Lord, you said she was going to dance in front of this church. I'm going, oh, my goodness, I'm just digging a grave. They're going to make me resign from this church and leave. You know, I'm going to be expose on some, some, tele, you know, some television program, some newspaper. That's exactly what I was thinking, you know, concerning me about giving Jesus, you know, a bad rap. Uh, uh, but at any rate, we prayed. We prayed. We prayed, and I just kept praying, I kept praying. Oh, Lord, help us, God. Heal her, Lord. God, we ask you to heal her, Lord. We ask you to heal her. And uh, so next day, you know, she was doing okay. She had something happen that made them have some kind of strange imagination that something's going on here. And then they said, hey, we got some real brain stuff going on here. But she'll never wake up. Well, guess what? She did. Well, she's awake, but she'll never move. She'll never be able to move. Guess what? She moved. Yeah, but she'll never be able to move her left or right side. Well, she did. What was the next thing, Jeff? Was it an eye? I think it was an eye. She'll never be able to, you know, we're, we're going to have to, you know, do something with that eye. Uh, and and it, it'll, it'll never come back. It's, it's, it's gone. But it did. Well, she'll never be able to walk, but she did. And I remember that Sunday evening, I believe it was, some months later, she and her husband walked back in and sat down where they had seated, been seated. And she was sitting there and she came in on a cane. During the praise and worship, guess what happened? We were all so excited we couldn't believe it. She threw that cane up on this stage, came out of the stage, up on the stage there in Ruston, Louisiana, and came out and began to dance up and down across the front of the church, dancing without the cane. Give the Lord a hand clap. This is not, I mean, the, we got witnesses, witnesses, witnesses to all of this. It happened. I can't explain it, but it happened. I was ready to give up. I didn't have any faith. The only thing I could do was tell God what I wanted, okay? You know, I, mean, I don't know what I can say other than miracles happen. I wish I, I, wish I could make miracles happen. I wish I could. I wish I had some pixie dust that I could blow on you. You know, I would, you know, my great-grandfather probably still be alive. If that was so, you know, he'd probably be, you know, uh, 206 years old, and I'm keeping him alive in my pixie dust. You know, <laughs> he's trying to get away from me, and I'm keeping him going. I just want you to know from tonight that you can ask God for anything. I want you to also know that, you know, God's will, you're not going to override God's will because of, your, you know, um, many prayers, earnest prayers. We don't understand a lot of things that go on in our lives. But despite all the things that we cannot explain and the few uh, that we cannot even imagine, both good and bad, turned out like we wanted and a lot of them that didn't I want you to know that I have learned to never draw back from praying 
never shrink back from asking God for the very best I can ask him for, for the greatest I can ask him for, including coming to a point in my mother's life where I asked the Lord to please peacefully let her go from this life to the next. Amen. There is a time. Well, we were supposed to be in John tonight. I don't think we're going to get there. But I think we had church. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good. And if I could encourage you, I would encourage you to pray. Would you put Philippians 4, verse 6 on the New Living Translation? I cannot imagine. I don't think I ever have, and I cannot imagine uh, in my next 40 years of preaching getting up in front of a congregation without sharing the Word of God with them. Okay? I know I've talked a lot, but this is the Bible. Don't worry about anything. Stop your worrying. It won't change things. You can grieve. You can cry. You know, you can ask God to help you with your concerns, but don't waste your worry. Don't waste your life. Ask God. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Every time the temptation comes to you to worry, pray. And if you can't do anything but say, thank Jesus or help me, Jesus. If that's all you can say, help me, Jesus. Lord, bless them. Bless us all, God. Help us, Lord. Help God. Help God. Drive that worry out. You know, you don't want to sink down. You know, worry will try to rob you of faith and hope. Pray about everything. Then number three, tell God what it is that you need. Tell him what it is. That need can also be want. Tell God what you want, what you need, what you're hoping for. And then just begin to thank him. Thank him for all he has done. He is a good God. Amen. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.